1: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble
2: responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls
3: Lincoln
0: Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: He's guilty. He knows he's lying. Otherwise, why can't he look at me? I survived. I survived that man and I'm here and I'm able to look at him.
4: Oh my God, this has become a soap opera, so more on that in just a second.
5: Moron is right. Anyway... (laughs) Coming up, with the great scholars of our time who happens to be a black man talking about racism has too many definitions. The term racism, we need another term. Let's stop throwing that word around about everything. Amen. Hallelujah. His words of wisdom coming up.
4: Maybe it's because I got so much going on in my personal life right now. I'm enjoying the distraction of the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial, which is growing as a cultural phenomenon. I I sense and there are some indications of, as I mentioned last hour, now there is a black market with high dollar value going to anybody who can get a uh, a ticket or however they do it lottery system to be a, cro- a member of the crowd inside the courtroom because it's becoming this cultural touchstone. It's it's the car wreck you can't look away from if you start looking at it at all. And this, to help justify my coverage of this, Americans care more about debt versus herd than war, abortion, or inflation, according to a new look at media interactions with articles that go across from a, oh. a news company that does
5: this sort of thing. Oh, wow. It's, it's like... Porn and 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 pot was back in the day. There are a hell of a lot more people into it than are admitting they're right. into it. Right. That's why I think it's
4: interesting that to look at it this way. So this data firm um, that takes a look at the number of media interactions with stories, so st- stuff people are actually reading versus, like you're just saying, what they might claim they care about. There's almost five times as much engagement in articles pertaining to the depp Heard trial than. Uh, articles about abortion, 10 times as much about articles about COVID. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me.
5: Um, and even wow, more than 10 times COVID obsessives. Keep that in mind. Yeah. So the,
4: here are the highest based on social interactions, which is kind of interesting. Uh, heard Depp at the top, then Elon Musk. Then you get down to Joe Biden, abortion, Russia, Ukraine, inflation. COVID is at the very bottom, by the way, of people that are actually reading this stuff or whatever. Anywho. So, uh, the the and you can understand i mean if people are going to watch soap operas which millions of people do if people are going to watch dramas in the evening uh, that are uh, serious dramas about family strife if people are going to watch movies about family strife why wouldn't you watch this this is real life and it's a, it's as strifeful as you can get
5: well and they're rich and famous and part of the crew that lectures us about how we live our lives so it's kind of extra delicious in that way yeah, so,
4: um, real quick outline, just in case you don't know, uh, Johnny Depp, one of the f- most famous actors in the world, worth $600 million, I think. Uh, she, uh, years ago, claimed that somebody she was in a relationship with beat her once, uh, or several times. Um, he says that everybody knew she was talking about him and that that damaged his career, so he's suing her for $55 million? Something like that for defamation, exactly. An an insane amount of of money. Yesterday, they got into recordings of some of their fights as she was being cross-examined on the stand. And uh, let's hear a little of that, then I can fill in some of the details. So, because I don't know how easy it is to hear or understand all of this.
0: I wish I hadn't. I wish I. I hadn't bought into any of your f***ing lies, your bullshit, your sober f***ing presence, your f***ing goodness, your sweetness, all the lies. I, I wish I hadn't bought into the months of you being you. I wish I hadn't bought into promises. Bought I believe. wish I had not thought I could have I kids with bought. you. You're a f***ing kid yourself. I wish I hadn't bought into any of the lies you sold. Talk about fake bill of goods. You have some baby fucking 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 You have the, the biggest f***ing seller of fake f****ing bill of goods. We Talk about, about presenting right. yourself as
3: something I did myself as a fake. Suck my... my suck I my... Him. Him. You, you, you've left nothing, and I've left suck everything. So suck, suck your... my... Shit. Shit. Yeah. Go oh, on. Oh. is probably your next suck move. It's what suck. suck. Need. No, I don't want to suck, suck your...
0: Suck. your okay. I don't want nothing to do with your... Because I
3: you really need something you want. Well, go get it, man. Because I need something Okay,
5: so... Boy, they <laughs> both need a ghostwriter, for one thing. That is some... Inelegant speech. So I mean,
4: she's uh, 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 trying to encourage him to S-her-D, which is an interesting... What? Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> he, it's, it's kind of funny to me that he sounds in real life, in their own home, in the midst of a fight, exactly like he sounds on the stands with that kind of weird like accent or affect. I don't even know what that is.
5: The well, way he, but talks. he doesn't have a chance because she's a fast talker and he's a slow talker.
3: <sighs> Fecal
6: matter...
5: So she keeps, you know, uh, you know, outfoxing him.
4: Jurors in the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp bombshell trial were played audio clips of the troubled couple's foul-mouthed arguments, including one in which, "Why? Hey,
5: what are we doing?
4: Here? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we're All doing." Right. All right. <laughs> When the actress repeatedly tells Depp to S her D in a six-minute long recording in which in which both Depp and Hurd are somewhat incoherent at times, the two have a bitter argument about their frayed relationship and hurl insults at one another. You just heard part of it there, uh, where she said, you're effing kidding yourself. I wish I hadn't bought into any of the lies you sold. Now, one of the problems with this whole thing is, um, you know, it's all in the eye of the beholder on, on who's who's wronged who, who wronged who first, who's phony, who's real. I mean, just all this sort of stuff. And another clip, Heard accuses her then-husband of using his children, Jack and Lily Rose, against her, telling him, you're making me see you worse. Uh, the recordings were entered into evidence by Depp's attorney. I guess the point of Depp's attorney playing this is okay, she came off as kind of polished and, uh, like, a mature and adult and the victim of... Let, let's see her being a little crazy. You think that's what the point is? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, talk about a fake bill of goods, Heard says in the six-minute clip. Talk about presenting yourself as something you're not. Depp, meanwhile, calls her a spoiled effing brat. This is the part I really like. The two take jabs at each other's careers with Heard calling Depp a joke and a washed-up piece of ass. <laughs> Then he says, yeah, I'm a joke in the industry, Amber, he replies dryly adding, your jealousy is so tragic. Heard also takes aim at Depp's iconic role in the 1980s TV show 21 Jump Street.
5: Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> Telling him. Wow, she must have been way down deep in her, <clears throat> her bag of insults. I mean, having used up all the good ones, this is what do I have left in here?
4: Uh, having told him, hey, at least I didn't do like a teeny show where I'm a heartthrob. God, that would be like embarrassing. What a weird insult. Boy, the
5: two of them. You know what? All right. Your Honor. Wait a minute, I'm your honor in this. Your honor, your honor. Uh, I would bring down the gavel. I'd say, all right, look, both of you, I'm sentencing you both. This isn't a criminal trial. Shut up! (laughs) You're both guilty, and I'm sentencing you to live together
4: in a cell
5: for one week. Cruel and unusual! Yeah,
4: well... No, it's exactly it. it's exactly like Saturday Night Live portrayed it, where one of the lawyers says, no, this is immaterial, what are we doing here? And the judge says, yeah, it probably is, but I'm fast, I'm strangely fascinated, so let's go ahead and watch this. I mean, that's <laughs> that seems to be what's going on here. Anyway, because I don't want to lose the thread of this, because the punchline is coming. Oh, um, boy. She jumps on him for having been on 21 Jump Street. At least I didn't do, like, a teeny show where I'm a heartthrob, which is a weird attack. So he's a young guy and he's in a giant successful hit that propels him to stardom. That's a insult. How? He shouts back Aquaman in a mocking tone, referring to <laughs> Herb's role in the blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
5: the God, embarrassing failure blockbuster. That yeah. is
4: hilarious. Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> Here's these two gazillionaires who have been both been successful enough to have many millions of dollars uh, insulting each other's careers, and she goes with 21 Jump Street, and he says, Aquaman, in a mocking tone, as is as his shot.
5: <laughs> that is hilarious. Wow, the two of them are like 12-year-olds.
4: That's what your fights are like? Over what roles you had in what movies and whether or not that was a cool show or not? Oh, my God.
5: The actresses—it it's, it's, is truly, literally, pathetic. Oh yeah,
4: uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, what a couple of dopes. And I—I—I I, I doubt there's anybody listening who's—who's—who's who's, who's not, at some point in their life, been drugged down in an argument into saying things that just are dumb in retrospect.
5: What now? But you, imagine, perish the thought.
4: But you got to <laughs> be able to walk away from something like criticizing your early TV show career. I mean, just aquaman hello i mean that just
5: <laughs> well, what oh a my one, god uh, 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 the whole trend of women saying s my d yeah i mean that's gotta end i like it no you don't get to unless you got one
4: the actress's tone appears by turns taunting and mocking and her expletive laden tirade is often interrupted by bouts of wild laughter which depp calls out as fake and disgusting At one point, Heard tells Depp to leave, saying, is there no other place for you to run? Maybe one of your other 15 houses to go to? Why don't you go to one of your other houses? (laughs) Which is an interesting thing to say also. Wow. In the recording, the first few few moments of which were inaudible. Herd apologizes to Depp for screaming at him in front of his kids. That's a good part to play because that that puts you on the, okay, you don't always keep your cool either. You're not always perfect either. That's a pretty good one because she's heard apologizing. Sorry, I screamed in front of your kids who were younger at the time. I'm sorry. Uh, I effed your kids up, she says in the conversation. It was pretty effing weird for them, you know, Depp replies. um. It looked like they were on the verge of some real communication there. The conversation quickly deteriorated and Hurt accused Depp of using his children unfairly against her. Your characters become so clear, especially when you use your kids, etc., etc.
5: I got a question for the attorneys listening, particularly those of you involved in, in civil suits. Because, I mean, and I've mentioned this more than once, the, the very question being decided here, we've gone past that weeks ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and the conclusion is, is foregone to me. I mean, there's no way the jury can decide, oh, there's absolutely no chance he raised his hand or I mean, no, you couldn't. Th- you couldn't possibly.
4: At this point, it's just a continuation of
5: that conversation in a courtroom. Right. Exactly. So my question for the attorneys is, if this went on for another, say, five years and they were continuing to play tapes of people hurling insults back and forth and accusing each other of, I don't know, leaving the toilet seat up or burning the steaks on the grill or whatever. (laughs) I mean, and it's like the year 2027 and they're still bitching at each other in open court. Can't the judge at some point say, all right, that's enough? The two of you, stop it! The, you lawyers, shut up! We got to get this to the jury. What, why, why hasn't that happened at this point?
4: Just to put this conversation to bed, which somebody pooped in. Uh, I really like this cross examination point right here.
6: You would harangue I would, him. I would. Is that to... correct? You would, would harangue him.
4: So what the hell does that mean? So the the Depp's lawyer cross you would harangue him, didn't you? I, I don't know. Answer yes or no. Did you harangue him? Okay. I don't know. I cajoled him, but I'm not sure I harangued him. I mean, I may have badgered him, but I don't think I harangued him. You harangued (laughs) him. What the hell is that? And if your if your husband or wife says take out the garbage the third time, is that haranguing? The first two times were okay. I mean, we're really down to some pretty nonsensical conversations here, as Joe was pointing out. Like I say, hey, judge, are you are you conscious? Oh, great. The dishes are dirty again. You walk in the kitchen. Is that haranguing? Is that a, is that is that for a criminal court, or is that part of every relationship practically that's ever existed? Or, well, well the jury,
5: oh man. man, the jury is the arbiter of fact, Jack. So the jury has to decide whether that's haranguing, which is not the question in front of them anyway. <laughs> Good. I just don't get this. Good stuff. More on the way.
0: The Armstrong and Getty
4: Show. I must say, quick for the record, just scanning my memory, I have not taken the bait in an argument in many, many, many years. And I'm happy
3: about that.
5: Mm, Yeah, that's one of the few benefits of age, I think. Um, And low T. And low T. No T, in my case. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, you're just not as quick to anger. And I'm grateful for that, honestly. Oh, jeez. Um. Yeah, don't even get me started. Anyway, so uh, coming up, a discussion of the idea of replacement theory or great replacement theory, depending on who's calling it what, uh, that was uh, obsessing the mind of the psychotic 18-year-old who shot those poor people in Buffalo. And the question of what that is and isn't it, if you were to take particularly dry terms, uh, use dry terms, Isn't it encouraging demographic change for political purposes, which is something people talk about all the time? Right. So how do you draw the line? exactly? They cheer it. Well, wait a minute. They do? Well, wait a minute now. That changes everything. So we'll talk about that next segment. Speaking of race and race relations, John McWhorter is a, a linguist with Columbia University. He's a brilliant man. He happens to be a black man. And he wrote a piece recently, and we'll, we'll post the entirety of it at armstrongandgetty.com for you, but uh, I'll summarize it very briefly. He's talking about the horrific shooting in Buffalo um, and, and racism. And the headline of the column is, racism has too many definitions. We need another term.
2: Hmm.
5: Um, and he says, among other things, that uh, people like him who tend to think in subtleties are constantly uh, accused of thinking there is no racism or racism doesn't exist. He points out the absurdity of that as an older black man. Um. Clearly, racism is not over in the United States. I have reason to suppose, however, that there are more than a few who think that I am not aware of this, and he goes into it. Um, but then he gets into the key aspect of this piece. The key difference between outright bigotry and the more abstract operations of what we call systemic racism is, and yes, there is a synergy between the two. But as the difficulty in our conversations attests, there's a wide gulf between personal prejudice, let's call it racism 1.0, and societal and socio-historical operations that render black physicists, for example, rare relative to black people's proportion of the population, meaning there aren't as many black physicists as you'd think when blacks are 12% of the population. So, uh, for instance, racism, let's call that racism 2.0 sometimes even referred to as white supremacy or systemic racism. In an alternate universe, those two things might not go under the same name, he says. On Racism 1.0, the lamentable thing I see is that I see no reason it will ever completely vanish, not least in our lifetimes. That's the way human beings are, and it cuts in all directions. Okay, Racism 1.0 is, is awful, it's regrettable, and and he recognizes it happens all the time. Um, You know, less than it used to, as he says, this country, uh, this habit noticeably gained traction of looking deeply and self-monitoring to make sure you're not being racist really took traction in the 1960s and has been doing quite well. But then he talks about the so-called systemic racism, black kids not doing as well as in in school, lower achievement scores, whatever. He says, look, call that racism 2.0 if you want. We need to find a better word for it. But you can believe racism 1.0 exists and not believe 2.0 should be called racism. You know, I didn't get time. This damn segment's too short. Um, the punchline right after the break. Don't go away.
0: Armstrong. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and The Armstrong and Getty Show.
5: So I apologize profoundly that I didn't quite get done summarizing one of the great thinkers of our times. Ten minute thought into a two minute segment. I Mm. failed. And I couldn't finish it, but John McWhorter, scholar, Columbia University, linguist, a black man, is talking about how there's racism, obvious racism. We all know it when we see it. And then there are the unequal outcomes among different people in this country and around the world, and that the left in particular calls those white supremacy or systemic racism. He's a guy, by the way, who hates the idea that like achieving or showing up on time is white supremacy. He thinks that's idiotic. But to boil down his philosophy, and this is so useful for you and me, what he's saying is, absolutely there is racism, but what you're pointing to is not racism. I realize that seems like so simple it's useless, but think about it. Of course there's racism and it's terrible, but what you're talking about is not racism. If they're talking about they're not being enough black physicists right. or whatever. Maybe that's a problem that ought to be worked on. Maybe we can look into it, but it's not racism. Have the confidence to say that racism is racism, and it's abhorrent. The rest of this stuff ain't. Uh, wish he could be heard by a lot of people. Mm-hmm.
4: So the horrifying shooting at the grocery store in Buffalo over the weekend, 10 people dead. Uh, The crazy dude, and he was crazy, with his long rambling manifesto that included um, wanting to kill blacks. Wanting to kill himself. Wanting to kill himself, wanting to kill his classmates at one time, uh, killed and mutilated a neighborhood cat, uh, which he describes in graphic detail. He was a nut job. But anyway, we've decided to go with the theme of, apparently, at least according to a lot of the media coverage that it's white supremacy that believes in great replacement theory and as a matter of fact joe biden brought it up yesterday during his visit to buffalo
6: The hate that through the media and politics the internet has radicalized angry alienated lost and isolated individuals into falsely believing that they will be replaced that's the word replaced by the other And I condemn those who spread the lie for power, political gain, and for profit.
4: Who's he talking about? Well, he didn't name names as MSNBC yesterday was saying, I wish President Biden would just name names and call out Fox News and call out Tucker Carlson for pushing the Great Replacement Theory. Okay, well, so what are they talking about there? Is Tucker Carlson pushing the Great Replacement Theory? Uh, if if he has, I haven't heard it. The great replacement theory that this crazy kid believed in is that Jews are orchestrating, pulling strings somehow to make sure more brown people come into the country and replace whites to give Jews more power or something like that. That's specifically what that kid believed in. And a, a lot of your 4chan QAnon crowd apparently believes Mm -hmm. But that's not what Tucker Carlson's been talking about for a long time. He's been talking about the changing demographics of the country and how the Democratic Party has been cheering that for years, as you'll
0: hear here. Blue Wave is African American. It's white, it's Latino, it's Asian Pacific Islanders. It is made up of those who have been told that they are not worthy of being here. It is comprised of those who are documented and undocumented.
4: In a couple of presidential cycles, you'll be on election night. You'll be announcing that we're calling the 38 electoral votes of Texas for the Democratic nominee for president. It's
3: changing. It's going to become a purple state and then a blue state because of the demographics. The demographics of America are not on the side of the Republican Party. The new voters in this country are moving away from them, and instead they're moving to be independents or to even vote on the other side. An unrelenting stream
6: of immigration, nonstop, nonstop. Folks like me who were Caucasian of European descent for the first time in 2017 will be in an absolute minority in the United States of America, absolute minority. Fewer than 50% of the people in America, from then and on, will be white European stock. That's not a bad thing. That's a a source of our strength.
4: That's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing that one racial group is getting smaller while another one is getting bigger. Why? I would never say that out loud. Well, I would never think that. It's it's an abhorrent thing to think.
5: Absolutely agree.
4: And to say out loud and... Because I have been living in California for the past quarter century, it's been huge here. Our entire talk radio career, we've had numerous Democratic governors cheering when the line was finally crossed. We're finally, for the first time in California, whites are no longer the majority. I remember people standing up in front of cheering crowds saying that and thinking, how am I supposed to react to this as a white person? Why are you cheering that whites are no longer the majority? I wouldn't. I wouldn't cheer if you said whites are still the majority. I wouldn't cheer that. That would be weird. Well, and what is the cheering about? Exactly. What is what the cheering about? What motivates So if you're cheering the fact that whites are no longer the majority, do you have something planned I should know about? Or is there something about the change that I should know about? I mean, what exactly is going on here? And, of course, the ultimate thing being, if I react negatively... To you cheering that my race is about to become less influential.
5: That makes me a bad person? Well, and just in the physics of human interaction, what is the equal and opposite reaction? It would be you'd think, I don't want that to happen. If you're saying you want what's bad for me, I don't like that. So I came across this great Twitter
4: thread. I thought he summed it up pretty well from a smart guy talking about this he said i see this dishonesty so let's address this the claim that white people will be a minority in the near future is a fact it is of course Mm -hmm. the claim that demographics equals destiny and democrats are advantaged by those changes in my in my opinion is wrong said the guy and i agree oh yeah i think that's true too i don't think this way it's going to work out but as he said But it's a mainstream belief by pundits on both sides. The Republican Party has been worried about for years, and the Democratic Party has been cheering for years, the browning of America and how whites will soon be the minority. Both parties believe this. So if this is being discussed openly by both parties as a significant thing, a significant political change, Well, then, why wouldn't I be interested in it? Again, you're cheering the disappearing of my race, so I feel like I ought to pay attention to that. But this guy goes on to say, now, the idiotic white supremacist conspiracy known as GRT, Great Replacement Theory, is essentially that there is a specific group usually blamed on the Jews that is trying to force these demographic changes to undermine white culture and institutions. We shouldn't be mainstreaming and normalizing GRT by conflating it with the beliefs of From the first tweet about the demographics, they are not the same thing, and it's dangerous to pretend otherwise, even if pretending so allows you to score political points.
5: This is what I was trying to say the other day about claiming that all white people are are racists, and that is, be careful, you're going to create racists. If you label every person who says, Why are you cheering at at uh you know one ethnic group gaining population and one losing population? That's weird. If you call everybody who reacts that way a grand replacement theory lunatic and probably a murderer, probably would have shot people in Buffalo if they'd gotten a the chance, you're gonna create lunatics because you've told them they're the same thing. You're t- you licking people over and over again that if you have a reasonable view of these questions you're actually a dangerous lunatic you're trying to convince them of that you might be successful and uh
4: actually there are a whole bunch of tweets that tucker was reading last night well here's one of them right here this was from uh, jennifer rubin she is the uh, writer with the new york times right Um, tweeting about a more diverse, more inclusive society as whites become the minority. This is fabulous news. Now we need to prevent minority white rule. It is a white journalist talking about how it's fabulous news that white people are about to become the minority. I find to be so strange and and just an odd conversation to have at all. We shouldn't be cheering or be scared of there shouldn't be any reason to be scared of the changing demographics but they're presenting it as obviously important and obviously racial and not ideological racial i mean i I think it's bad all the way around it's really some sort of weird self i don't know what it is the number of white journalists and politicians i've seen on stages cheering the disappearance of white people what
5: why don't we quote one of the great black scholars in America, right? Uh, these days, Shelby Steele in a moment or two after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security. The best option to protect you from break-ins, from junkies stealing your stuff, taking your packages off your porch, from fire. If you live in a high fire zone, from flooding, Simply Safe's 24-7 professional monitoring center is one of the big differences. It's better. It's simpler. It's less expensive.
4: Yeah. So it helps you in all kinds of different ways. We talked a lot about the cameras. We told the story about the woman who went away for her daughter's wedding and simply safe system caught the fact that there was a leak in her basement so she could get the water turned off fast before there was who knows how much damage would have been done. Lots of help from simply safe and it's less than a dollar a day. There are no long term contracts or hidden fees
5: ever. Check out the wireless outdoor camera, high def, night vision, see the face, see the license plate if anybody threatens your place. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafecom slash Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera, plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafecom slash Armstrong.
4: We have been talking about this topic for years because, like I said, it happened first in California where whites became the minority. And the cheering around it has always seemed so
5: weird to me. Well, it's who, so obviously racist. It's, it's,
4: it's, what could be possibly more racist than you want a particular race to shrink or disappear? That's crazy. If I said we need less black people or we need less probably not, not only. I was going to say,
5: can you imagine if there was a city council meeting where it was announced, folks, good news. We have five percent fewer black people in our town and everybody stood up and cheered. How would that be greeted? Fans, folks, people. Right. And this this overwhelming acceptance of cheering the disappearance of white people is, well, one, racist, and two, weird. It's just weird. Who thinks that way? Sickos do. Uh, On the other hand, you have the brilliant Shelby Steele, scholar, writer. Why don't we uh, take a quick break and come back with his words of wisdom?
0: Cool. Like that next.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year
4: I think it's fascinating. I, the whole um, retreating, self-hating American thing that exists with some people, including mm-hmm. expanding it to the the racial element, the number of white politicians I've seen in front of cheering crowds cheering the fact that the white population is shrinking. I find that very strange. Has there ever been a time in the history of the world where an ethnic group cheered the fact that they're shrinking in influence? <laughs>
5: uh no no and it is very strange it's funny during the commercial break i as usual assumed the lotus position and was uh, contemplating the questions of our time and uh i was reminded (laughs) that's what you
4: do during the commercials (laughs) ip
5: um i'm reminded of the, the the uh the parable of the emperor's new clothes and and how there are some ideas that are so stupid only an intellectual could hold them and if you asked a child about them they would say no that's that's clearly not true i mean for instance the idea that racism can only cut one way i mean right. it's just yeah. it's utterly idiotic yeah um, only an intellectual or a college professor could believe that. And so the idea that only white people could harbor racist ideas or once white people are no longer in the majority, we'll usher in a great era of uh, understanding and, and peace is hilarious.
4: Yeah, well, anyway. I actually looked up the, the, the Gallup numbers. They asked this question a while back. um um Most Americans say the declining share of white people in the United States is neither good nor bad for society, which is the right answer. That's what I think. I I never think about it. It's not something to think about. I only care what people's political views are and and their thoughts. I don't care about their color. Um, I find that interesting. But if you break it down among young liberals, it's a third of young Democrats who say that white people declining is good for society.
5: Wow. Racist. That that is flat out, 100% racist. Where does that come from? The great Shelby Steele in clip
3: 40, Michael. One of the most powerful forces in American life today is is white guilt. Yeah. And uh, guilt puts sort of, you know, you have to seem to be going against your own self-interest to to gain that expiation, that redemption that white guilt basically seems to, to long for. Uh, and it seems to me that they're caught in that, and uh, at, at this point, and it it uh, it's taking us nowhere. You can't resolve guilt. <laughs> and, and so, why is white guilt hammered
5: so constantly in politics these days? Next clip.
3: Part of the problem that I think that's happened to the left is that they have no; they've become exhausted. Their ideas have have gotten. we've we've been driven by those ideas now since at least the 60s they fail unrelentingly i mean they fail with a kind of absolute precision uh and that that uh that's where they're at they're desperate
5: i think there's a lot of truth to that uh oh that's right i I meant to mention the john mcwarder piece that i was quoting from we have that uh, under hot links at armstrongandgetty.com if you want to read the whole thing his conclusion and he's a brilliant man uses a lot of phony words is it's okay to say yes there's racism but what you're pointing at isn't racism
4: so i got something really troubling and sad maybe this is a good place to put it at the end of an hour so we can move on but i don't know it struck me and uh so the kid that murdered all those people he's obviously mentally ill if you've heard read any of the segments from his manifesto i mean he He tortured and mutilated a cat, and he talks about it and how he had no feelings when he did it and all that sort of stuff. It's just he had all kinds of problems. Anyway, he says that at this one point, one of the paragraphs is this. My parents know little about me. They don't know about the hundreds of silver ounces I've had. I don't know what that means or the hundreds of dollars I spent on ammo. They don't know that I spent close to $1,000 on random military S. They don't know I even own a shotgun or an AR-15 or illegal magazines. Promise me, this is the part that's rough. Promise me that if you have a child, you will be there and you will be close. Be a friend to your child and make sure they know that you will always help them. Talk about their problems and ways to solve it and never make them feel bad for coming to you. Wow. Wow. Now, I say this as the parent of uh, someone with a variety of problems. Maybe they were. Maybe they did. And it just didn't register or whatever. It's v- Parenting is very, very difficult. Parenting uh, a kid with issues is even more difficult. So I have no idea what was going on in there. I don't have the information to cast any blame. But that's what was in that kid's mind at the time.
5: Wow. Wow. Yeah, Promise
4: was- me in his manifesto that you will stay close to your kids so you know what their troubles are. And they won't feel bad about coming to you. Whew.
5: Wow. And this guy who was fixated on something else the previous year and just then got drawn into this whole 4chan thing because he couldn't go to school because schools in New York were closed, latches onto this crazy white supremacist <laughs> garbage. And, and he, he many times expressed doubt and fear and whether hurting anybody was a good idea or if he should just commit yeah, suicide. Right. I'm not proud to kill these lads. In fact, I'm desperately looking for a sign or evidence proving that I shouldn't. But he did. Yeah,
4: Yeah, he did. And you can't, and and then to make it as simple as Tucker Carlson talks about great replacement theory and it encouraged blah, 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 is, wow, really simplifying a very, very complicated issue.
5: Well, the one thing it's not is an honest and open hearted uh, attempt to find solutions or to even diagnose the problem. The one thing it is is just raw, ugly politics. If you miss an hour of this
4: show, you can grab the podcast, you can get it at armstrongandgetty.com or just search on Armstrong and Getty On
5: Demand. That's a pretty good way to find it. Next hour will be lighter-hearted than this segment. (laughs) It has to be, because everything is. Yeah, it would be difficult to top this hour.
4: And I don't want to. I don't want to either. All Uh, right. See you later.
3: (laughs) Armstrong and Getty.